Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International, Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Maine, or wherever you get your podcasts. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Pride Connection. I am one of your co-hosts, Anthony Corona. As always, I am here with Gabriel Lopez Cafati, president of Blind Pride International. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Pride Connection. Behind the scenes, we have our engineer. And you know what? At this point, he is our unofficial co-host, Mr. Byron Lee. Well, thank you. Hello, everybody. So, Gabriel, do you have any president's message that you want to bestow before we jump into the topic? No, not not really. So I'm just going to say hi to everyone and uh, hope everyone's uh, getting ready for spring and uh, hope that uh, vaccines are making their way to people's arms so we can... uh, make some steps forward in this whole year that has been so tough on everyone but um as always we're here every tuesday to keep you company and uh we appreciate your listening and your enjoyment and your feedback um i i just want to point out that today's show is actually one of those exemplary uh beautiful opportunities where we had we we actually produced a show, a uh, Pride Connection, out of um, a, a basically a, a suggestion or, or, or a, uh, a referral that someone sent us uh, of an article, a very dear friend uh, from FIA, uh, Peter Alchel. But I'll let Anthony uh, get into the subject and introduce everyone. And we do have a, a quite a number of callers, so we anticipate this to be a very exciting um, and uh, educational conversation for everyone. Oh, Gabriel, that was a great transition. So let's jump right into the topic. One in every six Gen Xer identifies as being on the LGBTQ spectrum. That really doesn't surprise me very much, but apparently it does surprise quite a lot of folks out there. And um, like Gabriel said, Friends in Art and Education Committee. Um, Peter's all over the place. If you are a regular reader of the leadership list, you know that Peter gives us a lot of interesting information along the way. And I'm really glad that he forwarded um, the, the articles that we posted. Hopefully those of you listening uh, read, it, read them because that's what we're gonna kind of be talking about tonight. Um, let's first say hello and get to know Peter for a moment. If you guys don't know him, Peter. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me on. And I was happy to send those articles. I was absolutely fascinated by them. So real quick, you were at um you were at jazz band practice. What's uh what uh what style of jazz do you like to play? Um I, I belong to a, a jazz trio called the Alt Jackson Trio. And we basically take the um 
a combination of jazz standards and old hymns and, and, and play with them a little bit to make them sound a little different. Uh, and um, we have one CD out and we're working on two more as we speak. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's been a great opportunity for me to sort of reconnect uh, re with my drumming uh, self. I, 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 spent, I spent a lot of my high school years and college years drumming professionally, you know, getting, uh, playing gigs and things. And then I put it aside to do the work that I've been doing for however long. And now I picked it up uh, recently after uh, moving to Columbia, Missouri. So you um you stepped in when our dear friend Lynn um left us, and you've been working with FIA in uh, in thirty seconds or less. What can we look forward to with FIA in the coming months? Well, we know. Uh, well, the, the, the main thing that uh, that folks might be aware of is every month we record a podcast of an artist with a visual impairment uh, with with a unique and interesting story. And those run on ACB uh, mainstream regularly. I don't know the exact times, but they run regularly. Um, and so uh, I, I would encourage folks to keep an ear out for them. They're, they're interesting. We're, in, we're interviewing uh, in a couple of weeks um, a, a Christian blind rapper who lives in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, and nice. That's going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to that. So that's the one thing. And, and the other major thing that we're, of course, uh, doing uh, is... We have a scholarship, $1,500 scholarship. Uh, and if folks are interested, they can reach out to me at creatingcommonground at outlook.com. That's creatingcommonground, all one word, at outlook.com. And then, of course, the convention, uh, that's where we primarily do our stuff. I know we have the annual showcase that we're going to be putting together. Looks like we're going to be doing a, a, a prose and poetry reading with um, Next Gen and maybe a, a Blind Pride. Um, and we're going to do a few other things which haven't quite been figured out yet. So we're, we're, but we will be very busy at the convention. We usually are. Awesome. So let's get into Gen X one and six and, um, you, uh, you read the articles and, and you forwarded them to us. What's, what stood out to you and, and, um, you know, what made you forward them our way? Well, first I forwarded them to, uh, to, to Anthony because I, Anthony and I know each other vaguely, and I thought that would interest him. I mean, it was it was no no more complicated than that. What interest what intrigued me was that one in six number, which um, which you know in my generation as a baby boomer that would be unheard of. I mean, you know, uh, I, when I was growing up, um, I was mainstream throughout my life, and mom uh, would say things like, "It's important for you not to look gay," and she would make sure that my clothes in such a way that I didn't look gay and that was really important and I didn't even think about it you know I, I didn't even, wasn't even sure what gay meant really but it, it just was sort of this vague thing that I shouldn't be and I'm sure I'm, that's, that's not unusual uh, and I should say I, I was raised in a in a you know in a, in a democratic household I, I you know I wasn't raised as a conservative Christian I was raised in a but that was sort of the way things were back then and so to, to come as far as we've come, that one out of every, that one out of every six uh, uh, people, Gen Zs, uh, you know, I, I just found almost mind blowing on one level. On another level, um, I, I raised three, helped raise three teenage stepkids. And I sort of understand where the articles are coming from because these kids, um, none of them are, are, you know, are LGBTQ, but they had friends who were. 
and um, they knew what bisexuality meant. Uh, I never, I hadn't heard that what that term meant until I was uh, somewhere in college. I'd never, I'd never heard such a thing. And um, and and these kids knew about it, and they were comfortable talking about it with me and their friends. They all had gay friends, and um, they they regularly visited us, uh, whether they're gay or lesbian or whatever they were. And um, you know, uh, it, I, it just was something that was very natural for them in a way that wasn't for me. And I, I just thought that was really wonderful. Um, and there's a lot more I could say about it, but let's stop there for the moment. And I think I kind of come somewhere mid in that spectrum. Um, you, you know, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I've told a version of the story before, you know, when I, when I was a senior in high school, I started to kind of realize things that really didn't. I played baseball. I, I had a a pretty popular group of friends and and there were a couple of kids that we kind of knew something you know something was going on we didn't know for sure if they were bi or if they were gay it really wasn't talked about and i just i wasn't into it at that moment figuring any of that out i got to college and a whole new world opened up um but literally our 10-year reunion coincided with the prom that year and that year there was a lesbian queen and queen couple of the prom and it's amazing the difference you know my senior year had that you know had that have been tried you know had two girls have tried to run for or two guys tried to run for you know coronation at at prom it would have been a huge thing parents would have gotten involved their kids would have taken sides and so they it's amazing the difference 10 years can make and I, I definitely feel, you know, growing up in New York, I was exposed to it a lot more than other areas of the country from my generation. But, um, you know, reading this, reading the first article that you sent um, actually put a big smile on my face. I, I, I've known that it's been easier for kids to identify themselves, to understand, to play with their identity, to, you know, to um, experiment and feel and understand the things that are inside them. But that it's, you know, that there's such public identification going on and that it's so, it's so okay and so normal in, in their generation, in their minds and in all their peers and, and so on and so forth. It, it really put a smile on my face. And then of course I, I read the second article and um, the dichotomy between the two is what really interests me. And, and, and of course, you know, Gabriel and I spoke about it a little bit and, and that's the conversation, you know, the suppositions in, in the first and second article kind of take a couple of the same points, but come at them from very different, you know, very different um, bases. You know, I, I was appalled and, and almost sickened by the last couple of paragraphs in, um, in uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mike, uh, oh God, his last name is blanking on me now. Uh, Dr. Michael Brown. Dr. Yeah, Michael Dr. Brown. Michael Brown. Thank yeah, you. He, he, is, he is very much in the anti-gay rights crowd and the, the conservative Christian stuff. I read his stuff upon occasion. And I find him, uh, shall we say, a bit disturb, uh, disturbing, more than a bit disturbing. But, but his views are still very strong in certain parts of the Christian community. There are around the time, you know, when gay marriage was really taking hold and, and we were starting to see states and, and, and um, you know, really take hold and, and approve and, and make it okay. <laughs> Gabriel and I have spoke about this before as well. There was a comedy special that Whoopi Goldberg did and one of her characters got on a rant about it and she was playing an older Southern woman. And, um, you know, the statement, other people have made it, but the way she did it just always sticks in my mind. Well, honey. If you don't believe in gay marriage, don't marry nobody gay. 
<laughs> and, you know, to me, that's that kind of sums it all up. You know, if it's not your thing, then don't worry about it. You know, my thing is, you know, I'm not, I don't worry about your thing. So please don't worry about mine. Um, Gabe, I know you had a couple of comments. Did you want to jump in and tell us what you thought about the two articles? Yeah, I, I, um, I'm, I'm happy, uh, Peter. Again, thank you so much for forwarding those to Anthony and, uh, and um, it's it's it, it's 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 an awesome discussion. Um, I am not shy to share my own experience and my own process because I think um, I feel that I embody a lot of 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 the clarification or if I if I think I can bring a lot of I can shed a lot of light in this argument because I am talking you know I'm, I'm a walking testimony so growing up I knew I was different and uh, I knew um, that I that I that I wasn't like the majority of um, my you know male classmates or friends um, but you know I, I grew up um, with my family dismissing, oh, you know, he doesn't, he's not so much into sports because, because of his, you know, visual condition, because I, I, I was, you know, I was uh, diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa when I was nine, not, not valid uh, justification because I have pretty uh, reasonably good eyesight for a long period of time. Um, uh, or they would say, you know, he's very refined. You know, he has excellent taste. Things that not necessarily have have to identify you as as gay, but um, all of a sudden, I there were all these things around me that I felt I was different, but I couldn't put a name. I couldn't, you know, kind of like uh, categorize myself to say something. Then I had a girlfriend. Um, and my first years of college, and I felt that there was something missing. Uh, this is how old I got into not deciphering. On the other hand, I had a relationship that was developing with um, who I thought was my best friend, and you know, um, we uh, got in romantically involved. And I felt the passion for him that I never felt for my girlfriend. And and I and I had to pause for a moment. I said, "Wait a minute. There's there's something wrong about this picture." So I broke up, well, my girlfriend broke up with me, better said, because, because she felt the same thing. She felt she loved me. She admired me. I felt a lot of great deal of love and admiration for her as well. But there was, we both felt that there was some sort of chemistry missing, some like spice, whatever. Um, so to, to my process of coming out or my process of discovering that I was gay was very slow. And I was, you know, I was, I was. It, it was right there, but I couldn't put a name on it. And, you know, I, I was involved with, with my best friend from high school. We, we were in a very long relationship, closeted, um, and, and we pretended to be something else. Now, I never had a girlfriend after that because I always felt that, I, that if I was confused, I could not drag an innocent girl or woman into my own mess until I figured it out. So I always said, I'm not going to affect any innocent person into this with, with all this. Um, what I want to say or where I, I guess I want to land is information, lack of information. You know, when I started 
receiving information. When I start when the internet um, came about, and you know, I started getting access to the internet, and and I started traveling and 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 meeting other people and understanding and hearing their own experiences. I was like, gosh, I'm home. I, I, I that's me. That's that's what's happened to me. That's what's been happening to me. So I'm gay. So I could finally put a word. I could finally say, okay, I am gay. Then obviously there's, you know, the, the process of accepting yourself and, and, and dealing with coming out with family and friends and all that. But that's a different story. What I, what I think is a driving point for me and what, it, what, what I want to put out there as a testimonial um, in, in, in the dichotomy of both articles is that nowadays information is readily accessible. You know, you just you, you, you don't need you don't even need a computer, your smartphones, your smartwatches, everything. Um, so many devices where information is readily accessible. So obviously it's 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 I to me, it's plain logic that the newer generations are coming to terms with who they are, are, fi are finding their identity sooner than what we did or previous generations because they have that information and they have groups. They have groups with whom they connect with and friends and, you know, because to me, meeting other gay people and then meeting BPI, knowing that there were people who were blind and gay. To me, all those things were life-changing and all those things, the, the information, the knowledge of others like me was what made it, in my mind, normal because in my mind, it wasn't normal. So. So that's that's my my two cents so far. My testimonial. Um, so let's put, yeah, let's put a pin there for a moment. I want to go back yeah. to Peter. Um, you know, we we've had a couple of conversations obviously before we came on air. You spoke about your your stepchildren and their experience. You also told me, you know, as you got out into the world, you know, you met some gay people. Did you become good friends with with anyone who is on the LGBTQ spectrum? I wouldn't say close friends, but we respected each other, um, uh, and um, and that, that that was a major part of sort of me learning uh, to think a little differently than than I, I you know I, back then basically I didn't I didn't think much of it you know it just wasn't part of my life and I just didn't think much of it, and then I began to meet you know various people who came out as gay who were nice people who were commit had were in committed relationships. Uh, and, and, and one, one guy was very helpful trying to get me started in my musical career in New York city when I, when I moved there after uh, graduate school. And so I had, you know, uh, you know, I was very, uh, uh, grateful for, for the help I got from this gay couple. And then at the same time, I started listening, listening to conservative Christian radio. Don't ask how the, how the combination happened, but it, it happened. <laughs> And, and um, you know, back in the 90s and whatever, they, there was this concept called, which I hadn't even heard of, called gay marriage. And I, my immediate reaction was, well, okay, I don't see why not. I, you know, I knew two couples who were gay who were just as well as being married. It, it didn't seem to me to be a big issue. Well, of course, it was a huge issue for the conservative Christian crowd. And they spent hours of time talking about this subject. And what I found was the more they talked about it, the, the, the more committed I was to supporting gay marriage. And one of the reasons why was because they, um, from my perspective, were bearing false witness. They were saying all kinds of terrible things about gay people that I just found to be totally, you know, untrue, that they all wanted to molest 
boys and they all wanted to change the universe, you know, all this sort of terrible stuff that just didn't compute with the people I knew. And, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, the, the more they talked about this stuff, the more I found myself being repelled by their arguments. Um, and I mean, one of the arguments also was, you know, they, they are soliciting our, our kids to be gay. And my basic reaction is yes. And we heterosexuals soliciting our kids to be heterosexual. I mean, what do you think a lot of our advertisements are these days? You know, you listen to uh, back then, you know, they, they, they sell ads through sex. I mean, this is, this is not complicated stuff from my perspective. So anyway, um, to make a long story short, um, you know, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm in the minority on this issue um, and sort of didn't take much of it. And then much to my surprise and, uh, and delight, it, 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 uh, it happened so fast, you know, that the whole gay marriage thing, you know, some, as, as you said, uh, somebody, I think it was you, Anthony, you know, some states started saying, you know, passing laws to support it. And then, um, you know, the Supreme Court ruling, I never thought it would happen. And I really do believe that the main, one of the main reasons it happened is that um, many of these pe- many of folks who are in the closet were experiencing this sort of stereotypical stigma and found the courage to come out. Uh, and, uh, you know, to, to sort of say it bluntly, I think the conservative Christians wildly overplayed their hand and they lost the battle. Uh, Absolutely. That's, that's my take on it. And so I'll say one more thing. I think it's now incumbent on those of us who support gay rights that we shouldn't do the same thing. We shouldn't overplay our hand because, you know, this is sort of, this is still new. I mean, especially for older people, but even for younger people, this is sort of a new thing for them. And so, you know, I, it is, I think we, we have some responsibility to be a, a bit hum, uh, humble, you know, that doesn't mean to say we need to, you know, to, you know, to say, you know, to agree with what, what people that we don't agree with say, but I think we do need to show some empathy and some humility. Uh, and uh, because if we don't, you know, it might go back the other way. And besides, it's the right thing to do, I think. Mm-hmm. My great grandmother used to say, um, I shouldn't have to thank anyone for having a place at the table, but I will always be thankful for my place at the table. And I was, that's one thing that stuck with me for a long time. And, and by the way, my, grand, my great grandmother was the first president of the, gar, of the steam, seamstress industry in New York City. Um, when, when they unionized, she was the first president. And I am amazingly proud. Italian Americans at that time were considered, uh, you know, second class citizens, uh, as were Irish folks that had just come over. Um, and in a way, it's sort of the same thing. People feared and dis, dis, uh, you know, the distaste in their, in their viewpoints for um, Irish and Italian Americans at that point. And uh, this is from my perspective, I'm not preaching to any choir or anything, but you know, from what I was taught from my family and, and the little things in school was that you know, they came in and, and were working from the bottom up. They were trying to build their own American dream and those that had been here and had their American dream already, didn't wanna share the pie. And little by little, you know, communities were built and, and people like my great grandmother became persons of, of, of no, you know, notable intent, uh, smart, hardworking, giving back to the community. My grand, great grandmother and my well, both of my grandmothers always, you know, taught to pay it forward, et cetera. And I think we're kind of in the same space right now. 
you know, we 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 don't have everything we need and everything we want, but we need to definitely look back at those who who paved the way for us, remember them, and 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 be you know honor them, and also be, be there is to your point a little you know little piece of be grateful for what we have accomplished, and be humble about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I will have one quick Meghan McCain moment <laughs> and say not every conservative Christian is a QAnon supporter, crazy thinking that, you know, people are drinking baby's blood and all Absolutely. that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, I'll also have a Whoopi Goldberg moment. You know, they've done it to themselves. They've been so loud. They've been so nasty and negative about it that those people that have that opinion of that sector of the population have it because they've been bashed over the head time and time again with the ugliness. If you weren't so ugly, people wouldn't be calling you ugly. And that's kind of where we are. Well, I I, I want to say one other thing, if you don't mind, because I think this is a really important distinction. The issue, the the big issue is not whether or not you support, uh, you know, individually the idea of gay marriage. That's, 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 That's important, but not the most important thing from my perspective. The most important difference between us and them, if you will, is the role government should play in all of this. That's Absolutely. The, that's, the, that's the major difference uh, between us and them. And I think that's a really important distinction, at least the way I, I look at these issues. I want to go back to something that Gabriel said, and I want to invite Byron into the conversation if he doesn't mind. Uh, you talked about information, and that really strikes because it's a piece of the conversation I absolutely wanted to have tonight. And in Dr. Brown's um, opinion, so to speak, information is actually brainwashing. Um, and Byron, if you don't mind, you are part of Next Gen. Um, what, what did you think when you read that sentence and, and that, you know, kids in, in college and, and maybe even towards the end of high school are bombarded so much with, quote unquote, LGBTQ brainwashing that it suddenly is normalized for them to be bisexual, gay, lesbian or non-binary? Well, I guess I, I would say uh, I would ask them about every other uh, every other bit of progress that we've made throughout the years. Um, you know, when we went from listening to swing to listening to rock and roll, was that brainwashing? When we, when we went from rock and roll to, you know, new wave and synth pop and stuff like that, was that brainwashing? When we went from, uh, you know, chinos to acid wash jeans, was that brainwashing? No, it was, it was culture changing and things being made acceptable. Um, you know, thanks to some really great cartoons and, and TV shows um, and, and YouTube stars and TikTok people like influencers and stuff, being gay uh, or, or being anywhere on the LBGTQ plus spectrum has been much more normalized. And I think that's a great thing. I, I've, been, I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok um, in the process of coming out. Uh, in 2020 was the year that I kind of finally blew the doors off the closet and I couldn't have picked a better time to do it. Uh, my father, who I was thinking was going to be, you know, the, the worst person to come out to, he en- ended up turning out to be one of the easiest. He, he's still not 100% on board, but he was like, um, well, his, his response was a little flippant, but, but, you know, coming from a cis white person who grew up in a, 
generation where being gay was somehow wrong. His response might seem flippant or even politically incorrect to some, but I, I see where he's coming from, where he would say something like, um, oh, you know, it's almost like it's normal. You see two guys kissing on a commercial and it's almost like it's normal. Now that, of course, that comment kind of irked me a bit because I'm like, almost normal? Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, I have to really kind of step back and remember what generation he came from where it wasn't normal to see that it was really, if you saw two guys kissing anywhere, it was a shock. Um, so, and, and, you know, like things like Steven universe and my little pony and She-Ra and the princesses of power and, and all these other shows that have, that have, uh, queer characters in them. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's great to have so many role models that you can look at and say, this dude that I really like on TikTok paints his nails, but he has a beard, but he also wears makeup and he likes guys, but he also likes girls. And it's like, Hey, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I, I feel so much more liberated from just being around this content and these influencers. So, you know, I'm a, I'm almost 40, so I can imagine, you know, how liberating it must be for someone who's, you know, deciding or who's, who's figuring out that they are on the LBGTQ plus spectrum, you know, when they're seeing all these influencers, how empowering, how empowering it must feel for them to see that and go, this is okay. Yeah. And, and things like seeing, you know, Laverne Cox become such a, you know, a staple in the, in the entertainment community, hosting a talk show now, you know, having starred on Orange is the New Black, one of, Black, one of Netflix's, you know, all-time most-watched series. Uh, you know, it's just, it's it's amazing for our community. I hope our pay-it-forward moment, by the way, just to do a little bit of um, standing on the soapbox, I hope our pay-it-forward moment is that we turn it back, you know, towards the stigma of mental health. And we take all that we've accomplished and all that we've learned, and we help those that um you know that are struggling with with acceptance because of mental health issues and 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 we lift them up and we bring them where you know to where we are now um do we have any hands i know we have some people that joined us so i'd like to get some opinions on what they thought of the articles and, and the conversation we're having jeff you can go ahead and unmute if you want Okay. Am I still yeah. here? Yeah, you're still here. Uh, let me, yeah, Okay. <laughs> let me, uh, let me click the button. Maybe, maybe he's just waiting for me to click on the button. So let me just click on the button here and tell him that he can unmute. Oh, and he's already unmuted. And I think I just muted him again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me ask you to unmute Jeff. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So there you um, go. It's kind of interesting. I have, uh, two nieces and the one told me she was a lesbian when she was in I think 11th grade and um, so she asked me how her dad handled it when I told him you know my brother that I was gay and uh, I didn't censor myself quick enough to understand why she was asking me this question because she she asked me this before she told me and so I, I, I told her how my brother actually reacted, which was not very good at all. And she said, oh, well, I'm asking because I have a girlfriend and I want to tell my family about my girlfriend. And I thought, oh, man, you know, if only I would have 
thought before I responded and, and, you know, thought about why she was asking this question. But once it's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. Can't really do anything. So um, her parents just say it's a phase and, you know, Mm. they just let it, let it go like that. Um, And then when she graduated high school, she uh, joined the reserves and now she's overseas somewhere living her own life and you know i'm sure that was a big part of it she just wanted to get away from her family and her dad and that negative uh negative script that was going on so and then my my other niece um was married to a guy they they lived together for five years they were married for two and they got divorced and um I had no idea, but my my sister said that she is now dating a woman, and now they're talking about living together. And she is um, probably in her thirties, and it's just really amazing because uh, they grew up in the state of Virginia, which is pretty um, Republican conservative type area. And she went to school in Charleston, which is also another very conservative Republican area. But for whatever reason, she divorced the guy and either figured out who she really is or the spectrum is large enough that she just kind of, it's a coworker of hers and just kind of met this woman at work and they have struck up a relationship and it seems to be going well. That's nice. Um, have you, you know, have you ever had the conversation with your brother about, about his daughter? No, I never have. My, my brother and I don't communicate hardly at all. Um, it was always when, when the kids were growing up, it was always very uncomfortable for my partner and I, uh, to go up there for holidays or whatever, because my brother was just, not outwardly hostile, but, you know, that negative energy coming off someone, how, you know, when they just really don't want you around, but they don't verbalize anything, they're passive aggressive. So no, my brother and I never, never talked about it. I'm sorry about that. When you read the articles today, did anything stand out to you? Um, I guess what struck me was how quote-unquote normal it is but yet i you know we watch uh, there's this one specific tv show we watch called gay usa and it's a it's a gay news program excuse me and um, part of the thing they talk about is uh you know issues with uh police harassment or especially transgendered uh, yeah. individuals who are who are bashed and killed and murdered and um so you you know compare that to this article which kind of indicates that you know more people are okay with it um it's hard to you know look at the two and and see continuity there yeah, and it, I think it, it definitely depends where in the country you happen to be. 
you know, like I said, I was very fortunate to to grow up and, and spend the bulk a good deal of my life in New York City. I'm now, of course, here in Miami. So it's, you know, from one frying pan to another, you know, two cities where it's great to be gay. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but I, I have spent some time outside of Atlanta in, in a more rural area of Georgia, and it was a culture shock. Um, and I found myself thinking things that I had never thought before, you know, am I, you know, am I going to flame up a little bit? And if I do flame up, what's going to happen? And, you know, you know, should I be putting on the, this pink sweater vest to go over my bright blue shirt? Uh, you know, is that going to scream a little too loud for people? Um, so it, it really, you know, we're, we're not where we, we're not where we need to be, but we sure are a lot better than where we were, you know, even 10 years ago and, and most definitely 50 years ago. Byron, do we have any other hands up at the moment? Well, let's take a look. Um, I don't see any hands, but if people are interested in uh, chiming in on this conversation, I see quite a few of our regulars here. Um, I know that Gerald hasn't said anything in a while. So I'm twisting your arm here, Gerald, and uh, trying to shove you into the spotlight. Well, I, I haven't read the, I, I didn't read the articles. I don't, where can I find these articles? They're on the discuss list and on ACB's leadership list. But um, you actually, you uh, have an interesting perspective. You were on Pride Connection a couple of weeks right. ago and told us your story. Um, what, you know, what do you see for, for your son and his partner and their, you know, their circle of friends and things versus, you know, your circle when you first uh, came out? Are there, are there big differences Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big differences. I mean, my son and his husband, I mean, their circle of friends are very, very well mixed. You know, when, when they got married, I think uh, half of the people he invited, half the couples that he invited was straight. Yeah. And, you know, all sat at the same tables and and it's, you know, it's a, it seems like a whole different world out there, at least where in you know where they live in new jersey yeah you know it's just normal you know it's not it's not gay or straight it's just that's what life is there and you know it's, it's a big difference from what it was uh, 20 30 years ago when that you know you lost all your your straight friends they thought you you know something was wrong there now it's mm-hmm. just a mix of Gabriel, going going back to that information part of the conversation, which, you know, again, I, I kind of want to bring it to the article. Um, do you think if there was more uh, information available from the, you know, the Latin conservative, you know, Catholic family, do you think if there was more information available, you would have been able to accept, you know, and figure it out inside yourself easier quicker you know with more with more vigor absolutely yes yes without a doubt without a doubt because the the like i said the thoughts and the feelings were there there were just loose ends there was nothing to connect with there was nothing to match and i felt alone and 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 obviously on top of that you have the other information being being fed to you since you're a child that it is wrong to have those feelings, that it is wrong to have those emotions, that it is wrong 
to be effeminate or that it is wrong to, for a boy to not like sports. So all those things were layers that were that I was constructing around myself, barriers, barriers. And I was burying myself, you know, deeper around those barriers because I was ashamed uh, of myself because I was feeling something that I was taught that was wrong. And I did not have a counterpart. I did not have all the information to make my own judgment and to be able to kind of magnetically go towards what felt right for me, what 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 felt right in my own heart and my own emotions, what made me feel, like I said, like I'm home. Um, so I, I did not have both sides. I did not have both both all the information. I only had that. But on the inside, I was boiling because I felt that, I, that there was something that was not matching between me and, and what I what I had been taught. So that I felt, I, I feel did affect me in multiple ways. Um, psychologically, I, I know it must have affected my, my self-esteem, uh, my self-worth and, you know, the image I had of myself for many, many years and, um, and drove me to marry, to bury, to, oh my God, various and very negative, uh, toxic closeted relationships because because obviously everything needed to happen in the closet and, and, and I, I couldn't stay out you know out out in the open that I that I was with 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 another man I you know another part of both of both of the, the articles that stood out to me when I when I came out I was in college I played baseball for Hofstra University I was you know part of a very macho clique of of friends for for that part of my life and I at that point I was living a dual life I would you know head back into Manhattan hit the clubs meet people try to do you know my gay thing on you know Friday and Saturday nights and baseball you know on Saturday afternoons and Sunday afternoons and practice still go to school etc and I remember when you know when I finally looked in the mirror and said oh no 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 no, I can't say this anymore you know I am who I am and, and it would what will be will be one of the surprising things were the people that I feared the most would have a negative reaction or would would shun me most of them didn't and and there were a couple of people that surprised me and it, and it hurt and it, it is what it is and then as things started to get comfortable, I started to get the questions. And all the guys on this call right now all know what I'm talking about. You get the questions from your straight male friends about certain things and even joking around after a beer or two. Oh, can you talk to my girlfriend? Can you, you know, tell her what, uh-huh, et cetera. But the article, you know, speaks about women, girls, having more of a, more of a freedom feeling to experiment. And at least... For, for my generation, you know, and, and I am in my mid 40s, I hate to say it, but I am, um, you know, I found that to be true with my generation. I, I want to kind of jump back to Byron for a moment. And then I want to ask Peter, um, Byron, do you find that do you find that to be true with, uh, you know, the Gen Xers and the Gen Zers that you're that you're, you know, on committees with and, and planning all these programming with? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like. They, they have much more freedom to express themselves. Um, I'm not so sure about, um, you know, women over men having more um, freedom to express themselves. But, you know, that, that's always kind of been the trend, though, hasn't it? You know, 
straight white cis men will uh, accept lesbians uh, kissing much quicker than they will accept two men kissing. So I can see where, you know, women would feel freer to come out and express themselves and wear the clothes um, and, and do things with, you know, to experiment with gender and things like that. They feel like freer to do that because for whatever reason, what white cis men think has a pretty huge bearing on what the rest of society, you know, seems to, seems to allow themselves to do. Um, that being said, I feel like all, all of the people in that age range, um, guys, um, girls, and everybody in between seem to be a lot freer now um, to do things regarding gender and sexuality um, even even people who are straight are doing things like um, being unashamed about polyamory or um, other kinks or various other things that they're interested in. They're not they're not they're not feeling the white hot shame of it like we did, um, you know, where you know, they, they're, they're just a little bit more free to just try things out and be public about it. And it's not they're not worried about their reputations or or things like that, like we used to be. Yeah. Peter, you um, you know, you told us that your kids, stepkids, had a lot of LGBTQ friends, um, and it seems like you had a very open house, open households. Conversations could be had, questions could be asked. Did you find through conversations with your kids that there were, you know, parents out there, there were other parts of your community that weren't as open and making it hard for, you, you know, your kids' friends? Yeah, I, I just for the um, to make sure, folks. I'm I'm calling from Columbia, Missouri, which is a university town. Um, so it's it's more progressive than other parts of Missouri, but it's Missouri, and Missouri is one of the more conservative states in the country. Um, we are we have Senator Holly, for example. Um, I'll say no more than that. Um, but the answer to your question is absolutely. I mean, uh, um, and, and that was really. Um, um, sad. Uh, there was um, one uh, teenage girl who was thrown out of her house when she disclosed that she was a lesbian. She was literally thrown out of her house. And I'm not quite sure what happened to her. I mean, you know, we, we tried to support her. Um, and I, I think she moved in with other relatives or something, but she was thrown out of her house. Um, there was another uh, person uh, uh, my, my stepdaughter's friend who uh, expressed an interest in being a lesbian and the parents forced her to go to Catholic counseling, um, which apparently went very badly. Um, I don't know much more than that. Um, and um, uh, last I heard, they had, um, you know, left their parents and, you know, were, were doing fine, but weren't seeing much of their parents. And then the, the, the worst thing um, was my stepson's friend, um, uh, and, 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 and the, the gay person were on the same wrestling team and he came out to the wrestling coach and I don't know the entire story, but what I do know was the guy was hospitalized for, um, uh, he had an underlying condition, which he told the coach about, but the coach decided not to believe him when he came out uh, and saying he was gay and the guy almost died. And, um, uh, so, and, and those are really sobering examples for me, 
you know, because our, as you said, our house was reasonably open. We did answer questions as they came up. I mean, basically what we did is we said to them, look, whatever your situation is sexually, the important thing is that you get connected into a, you know, a committed relationship and, and you know, that you learn how to uh, deal with what that involves. You have, you, you develop the skills, you develop the empathy, you develop the conflict resolution skills, you know, all, all those things, you know, and those skills are equally valuable. doesn't matter what kind of relationship you're in. Mm-hmm. And, but it really was disturbing, you know, for me to, to, to hear these stories and to talk to the folks who went through them and, you know, sort of get, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not a therapist, but to sort of try to, you know, be, be a empathic towards them. Um, it was tough. Sometimes it was way difficult. Yeah. I, you know, it, it boggles, it boggles my mind that in this day and age, we still, you know, we still hear stories like that. And, and I think BPI helps to, to make a place where everybody can understand we're all, you know, we're all just people. We bleed the same color blood. We, you know, we need the same foods and, and drinks and to survive. You know, we need the same air to breathe to survive. One thing though, I do think that, you know, we're looking for, for um, avenues and directions are to, we need to, we need to pull in our transgender. Um, we need to pull in our transgender folks and, and really find ways to support them because the, the suicide rate and the, the stigma that is still, you know, there not treated well at all in in 90 of society and it's it's not cool it's not okay um gabriel any thoughts yeah well the um the like i said information 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 um that's that's basically where it revolves and and not not feeling uh, you know, and, and I don't, and I'm not talking about a specific group. Um, I, I, I will say I am Christian. I grew up Catholic and I, and I, and I will always be a Christian, whether I'm Catholic or any other, but I, I have my own, uh, my own faith. I, I believe in, in, in what I believe, um, and, and not in man-made rules, but, not talking about any group in particular just every one of us more talking to the individuals let's not think that we are the owners of the truth or absolute truth and and let's open up our hearts and our and our ears and our brains and listen to one of my favorite t-shirts that obviously during the past year i've gained a lot of weight probably i I will not fit in that t-shirt when i try it on is um, a hashtag that was popular a couple of years ago that uh, says hashtag ask, hashtag ask the gays. So ask you know ask someone who 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 if you're heterosexual that's great. We're not trying to convert anyone. We're just trying to open up the avenues for people to get to the groups where they belong. And I and I and I felt the difference it made in my life when I when I was able to find my group my clan my my people which was BPI and and you know if if you know someone who's different than you who you know ask them how do you feel how how did you feel how did you come to terms with with your sexual orientation or who you are or your identity and then listen out with an open heart and and don't think that you are the owner of the absolute truth that's nice I like that 
Byron, let's do a last check. Do we have any hands? Anybody that wants to comment or ask any questions? I don't see any hands raised at the moment, but uh, come on, guys. We, we want to hear from you. And um, by the way, I just want to give a little bit of a public service announcement uh, regarding our Thanks. podcast. So, uh, of course, as you are probably all aware, you can subscribe to Pride Connection as a podcast. Um, you know, and a lot of you may already be doing that with your with your podcatchers of choice. But you can also go to the website and download the episodes. Um, so if you're not really into podcasts and you don't know how to use a podcatcher and all that stuff, all you got to do is go to acbradio.org forward slash pride dash connection. And the page will load where you can see all of our past episodes, including the one that we did last week about Black History Month. Um, and yeah. there's been a whole bunch of really awesome topics covered by Pride Connection on that website. So please definitely give it a give it a quick look. It's acbradio.org forward slash pride dash connection. And so we are going to continue this conversation next week and we're going to move it into a conversation that we had as a community call um, months and months ago and kind of marry the two. We're going to talk about pronouns again and we're going to talk about identification and the uses of pronouns um, and a possible resolution that DPI is going to put together. So along, as, as you listen to this podcast, please go to the BPI webpage. Um, we're going to post those articles on the webpage as well. If you have questions or comments and you want to join us next week, we would love to hear more from, from our uh, allies in the community or those of you who may have a different opinion. We're open enough to have a complete and open and respectful dialogue. So if there is something that strikes you in what you heard tonight or the articles that you'll read, please feel free to come back and, and conversate with us next week. Gabe, let's take a great opportunity and let everybody know where they can find all the various outlets of blind LGBT pride. Yep, uh, you can find us on the web, on our website, um, blindlgbtpride.org. That was blindlgbtpride.org. And you can also write, um, send us a note at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And uh, all our contact info is right there on our website. Um, if you want to join, absolutely. We have different types of memberships. Uh, and we have, uh, we welcome everyone. You don't have to, quick FAQ, you don't have to be LGBTQ to join BPI. All you have to do is have an open heart and open mind and be, uh, and be loving. We also have a Facebook page also. So, you know, type in blind LGBT yes. pride on Facebook and that'll pull that up too. And, and we're becoming much more active in our social media. So look out for us, Peter. I really, really want to thank you a for, you know, for opening up um, my eyes with these articles, passing them to us and for coming on and talking about um, and talking about your perceptions of the articles and, and your life experience. Do you have any final thoughts for tonight? Um, not really. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I um, you know, I, I hope I, I, what I'm reminded of is I was, 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 uh, I was running a, I was, I was part of a team running a diversity workshop and, um, I was put in a room with people I didn't know at all. And the goal was to, to, to lead a, to lead a discussion, uh, of difference of the people in the room. It, it didn't matter what the difference was just lead a discussion. And it turned out the discussion was between conservative Christians and gay people. 
that was the that was the wow. that was that was the difference, and it was a fascinating discussion. And um, you know, uh, and and basically, I hope people learn from the experience. The the this was before gay marriage was legal. And so, for example, there was a lesbian uh, person there wearing a ring and, and the person said, well, you're not married. She said, yes, I'm married to my, I mean, not officially, but I'm wearing this ring because we, we consider ourselves married. And that, you know, and, 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 um, and it was just, it was just an interesting, it was a really interesting conversation. I, of course, I don't know what happened after that, uh, that meeting, but I hope that that conversation helped that team function better as a work unit. You know, that was the goal of the, of the session. And um, it was just an interesting experience. And I hope there's more of those experiences over time because that's the only way this is gonna get, uh, get better is people of different perspectives coming together in a safe space to have those conversations. I, I also, yeah, I, I found myself in, in a few of those situations over the span of my lifetime as well. And, and the one question that, that always seems to stump them is, you know, I, I find a, a way of, of, of um, asking them, you know, is this really, is, is what you're saying really right now, what Jesus would say, you know, the whole, what would Jesus do? I, you know, I, I kind of always hearken back to that. Really, is that what Jesus would be saying right now? And, and I find that usually kind of stums, stymies them up a little bit. And then a minute or two later, the conversation opens and starts to flow. Um, you know, reminding the, the staunch Christian um, other side, I'm going to call it, because I, I don't want to be disrespectful or hateful to anyone, but, you know, reminding them, hey, you know, this is not the Jesus I was taught about in Sunday school. So tell me, tell me about your Jesus. And that, that usually opens the conversation up. Yeah. You know, and those, those are the conversations that, that might make things a little better. They're not going to solve all the problems of the universe because there are strong opinions about this topic, but, you know, building those bridges can make a difference. Absolutely. So thank you, Peter, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Gabriel gave you all the information a few minutes ago. Please reach out to us with comments and questions and join us again next Tuesday where we marry this part of the conversation with pronoun usage and where we really need to be as a society with respecting people's individual identities. That's this has been Pride Connection. Have a great evening. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. They will find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers.